0: Welcome to the Stepping In a Podcast. I'm Renee Schulte. And I'm Jason Hagelin. We're here to dive deep into the complex, often overwhelming world of behavioral health systems, structures, and the never-ending barriers.
1: That's right, Jason. We know firsthand the challenges individuals and families face when trying to access and navigate the behavioral health system. We want to save you from stepping in the crap we've encountered
0: with many of our clients. Together, we will be shedding light on the issues and opportunities within the behavioral health system. By sharing stories, discussing policy implications, we will offer up valuable insights and practical solutions for improving the system at every level. So
1: grab a cup of coffee or something stronger, or in Jason's case, a Venti Peppermint Mocha, sit back and get ready to step in the world of behavioral health with the Stepping In It podcast.
0: Well, hello, Renee. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? It's almost the holidays. I'm excited. I am too. I always love Thanksgiving, right? What a great time to just sit back and enjoy all there is about food.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, so true. And football. I am a football fanatic and Thanksgiving for forever was always the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. And now they have extra games with other people. But Forever and ever and ever in my family tradition, it was let's all get ready to eat and don't interrupt the football game.
0: And it's always a little unsettling as to what types of salads will be put out. We can't talk rural without thinking about the different types of salads. Like, will there be pasta and fruit together? Um, Because many times you end up with these different types of Salads that have things together that you wouldn't necessarily think go together. Then you try it, you're like, that well, wasn't bad, but I'm never going to have that again. Oh, so true. My family is the the, the uh,
1: epitome of Jello salad, mm. which Jello and salad, the words together are wrong, but we had three. We had orange jello salad, pink jello salad, white jello salad. And every year you never knew which one was coming out for the holiday. So I hear you. And none of it's salad. I'm just telling you, there's not a vegetable in sight. Oh, no,
0: no, no. It's, that's that's a rule. That's a, that's a Midwestern thing, right? We call everything a salad because it's not a salad salad that you would think of traditionally, but some sort of conglomeration.
1: We even had the the Tupperware containers that like molded it into different weird shapes and stuff. And so you know, whether or not the oranges set right at the, you know throughout the whole orange salad or the oranges all fell to the bottom so that when you flipped it over, the oranges were on top. and what in the world? It's like an entire artsy thing. I'm telling you. jello salad in the
0: Midwest is just a it's out of control. And so here we are. It's that time of the year. It's orange salad, jello time of the year. Wow.
1: Yeah. I did not know that we were talking about Jello today, but here we are. So today, Jason, we're actually going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is gratitude. And I'll share why. And we're going to talk about how it really helps people through the season. Because I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me. But when you get together for the holidays with family, sometimes that's a little stressful. Is it just me?
0: No, no, it's not just you. And, you know, unfortunately, what we found in our family, as the patriarchs of my wife's family or great grandparents have died, unfortunately, family doesn't get together as much anymore. And so that's decreased the stress level a great extent. And what we found was it was a lot more stressful when extended family all came together. Why is that, Renee? Why do we get so exhausted around interacting on the holidays?
1: Well, I know in our family, I've got aging parents, and they still are that nucleus of get-together, and it's getting to that point where everybody has to come in from great distances, but we really shouldn't stay at the house for so many reasons, and yet it becomes more costly because you're either staying in hotels or you know, and you can't just do that. We don't live together nucleus family like they used to in olden days. So you can't just do that drop in for the two hour Thanksgiving day meal and go home. You have to like go for days because you drove 10 hours. As an example, I have siblings that actually drive eight to 10 hours to get to my parents. And, and so, they feel like they should stay because they've made that investment in that time. But being in the house for that length of time as my parents are aging, so the house gets hotter and hotter with the temperatures and the heat going up and people are literally in shorts in the dead of winter because it's so warm in the house. And then all there really is to do is sit and stare and watch football or other sports that have been recorded and food. And there's only so much food you can eat. We talked about how you gain so much weight during the holidays. And I swear, my, my parents just used to just make every single treat for every single family so you would have it all at that holiday. So I, I don't know is it like we try to make up for lost time because we're not together all year that we just put so much pressure on ourselves to all, you know, be together and make memories because we're not together anymore? That sort of seems to be my family. How about you?
0: Yeah, you know, I think we've kind of pushed back on the whole idea that you know we we do create a family atmosphere. and so my sister and my mom, and, you know, my, our families all get together and do things, but it's not out of guilt, right? I think that so many families get together out of that guilt of we have to do it because Thanksgiving, you know, you need the Facebook post on Thanksgiving of your whole family, um, you know, or the Christmas post, you know, it's really about a time to, to take a moment and spend with family and enjoy that moment. And, you know, as I think about the topic, right, gratitude of, of how do we find the joy in these moments as opposed to the guilt um, or the other reasons that we may be engaging in some of these activities, you know, and and to reassess, can we have a different mindset when we do that so it doesn't feel like an obligation, but as an opportunity of value.
1: Right. And so when you think about gratitude, it's such a simple concept, but um, it really, there's a lot of research now kind of around this. So they are showing in the research that it's really difficult to be grateful which is kind of a a bringing you grounded into the moment right now. It's hard to do that and still either be depressed. So like kind of concerned about things that have happened in the past or anxious where you're kind of worried about what comes in the future because you're grounded in the now. And so it really has become something that people are talking about. It started of course in the faith-based communities, but the scientific community now embraces it as something that's just really helpful for people as a tool because if you make your if you get your mind focused on what's good about now, And it's important. And so the reason we're bringing it up now is because we are maybe heading into some holidays where it could be more challenging for people. There are going to be people listening to our podcast that maybe don't have that family anymore to visit on holidays. And they may be struggling with just the loss of, you know, we don't even get together anymore. There's nobody to get together with and that challenge, right? And then there's others that are still forced to get together. I'm in the forced to get together category. And that's a little tough um, because it's not conducive. Um, Aging has been hard on my parents and it's just hard on all of us. And um, there's some just issues. I don't know. It's just issues. And so that's hard. And so, you know, people are from a lot of different places. And then that expectation, like Jason said, to kind of get that perfect picture of what the perfect holiday looks like, right? But on top of that, there's even other issues sometimes to think about for the holidays. Jason, talk about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, so not just the the, the, the things we go through. Um, I think about seasonal affective disorder, right? I think mm-hmm. about it's been darker longer. We talked about the last podcast of like, this is just the time of the year. Everything kind of slows down. It gets cold in many parts of the country. You know, we're looking forward to snow, maybe. There's just kind of that that doldrums that come along with some of the holidays that that aren't necessarily connected to the holidays at all. It's just mm-hmm. seasonal, right? And so, seasonal affective disorder is real, right? That, that's yep. that individuals who are prone to bouts of depression and other things that can be more pronounced um, during the holiday season, and you overlay that with increased anxiety and other things that are happening, it can make some of those social situations not as fun, you know, and not as enjoyable as they could be. And so I think about, you know, it's not just family, Renee, you know, there's more office things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're working in an office, or you work with a group of people, you know, sometimes you feel obligated to have to go to that holiday party, you know, and so oftentimes, I end up as the spouse going to the holiday party. And sometimes, you know, it's like, I'm happy to go with you. And and, you know, I, I know the people my wife works with. But sometimes it's like, oh, another holiday party I have to go to, right? I mean, we've all been there too. And so I, I think of all of those things kind of coming together in this season, it really does make it even more important we think about how are we going to manage those things ourselves.
1: Yeah, I actually, um, we have a, a plan for some potlucks in the office, but we've got some issues in the office. What office doesn't? And so there's this kind of tension about, is it, is, you know, doing a potluck or a, or a holiday party going to make it better by building relationships? Or is it going to be that awkward tension that nobody's going to actually want to be in the room? And I just sort of forced them to, and as the leader of this particular office, I'm not sure yet, right? It's kind of too early to tell, but we're going to give it a go, but it could be a train wreck. So to your point, everybody comes at holidays with very different issues. I, uh, my grandmother passed on Christmas Eve. Um, So a lot for a long time, that was a real challenge for people in my family because of loss and death. I have other friends who lost key members of their families on the holidays. And so just one thing above all, we're going to talk about gratitude, but also just kindness. Please be kind to people through this season, because we just don't know their background. Not everybody wants to celebrate. And so think about that. But now we're going to talk about some data where we talk about gratitude and what is that data um, and what is it showing us? Because like I said, this started all in the faith-based community, but the research now is showing, hey, some great stuff can happen if you think about gratitude and how it actually changes your brain, Jason.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think we've known forever, right, that that positive self-talk is good for you, right? And so I think we can take a lot of things that we've learned in other areas, you know, of psychology and think about, well, what what does it take to make us feel better? And when we think about cultivating gratitude, you know, it's really, for me, I like to talk in sports terms, right, Renee? And so, I I go back to how positive self-talk helps me to get through difficult times. And so, having gratitude and how you approach something is key to being able to do that. And so, as I as I look, and we'll have in the show notes links to a couple of articles that do a really nice job of highlighting the importance of that, right? The importance of thinking about three things every day, of, of how do you, how you do that, and then the inverse of what impact that has on you, and what the data tells us overwhelmingly is that that that, that having that approach. To every day, having that positive self-talk. You know, it's so much easier to go to a negative place sometimes. But when we promote ourselves in a positive way, it changes the way we view the world and it changes the way we interact with others. And I think that's why we do this so well.
1: Some of that research that we're talking about here, the links um will show that the research shows that even if you don't tell people what you're grateful for, or even if you don't share it with others, it still matters. The fact that you're that you took the time to think about it actually has an impact and it has some positive lasting impact of the brain because, well, there's a common, I'm sure somebody said it and I don't remember who, but what you think about you bring about, right? So there's always a story about like, if you wanted to buy this red Jeep, You've never seen them out there. You want one. But as soon as you buy it, then now all of a sudden you see red Jeeps everywhere and realize everybody's got a red Jeep, right? All of a sudden, because you're focused on it, now you see them everywhere. Well, the same thing kind of is true about gratitude and how your brain works, right? So if you look for the good in maybe the worst of days, and maybe it's just the fact that you made it, that you're still alive, that you're still breathing. If you look for the good, it helps you train to look for the good. And so it really just is a practice that can help you move forward. And it's not about being, you know, having the rose colored glasses or being the Pollyanna where you never see the negative. It's not that it's actually a a tool to help you refocus. And I don't know about you, but my job in my life right now is really hard. Um, I do a hard job, there's a lot of personalities involved, lots of extra challenges, and man, there's days where it takes me a very long time to think of something good um, that happened in in a particular day, Um, but I've been working on it for a while, and so the gratitude research shows you, though, that it takes some time to train in this space. You can't just be grateful for three things today, never have done it before, and then it automatically makes you better. That's not it. It's a practice, just like learning how to breathe and to control your breathing, just like a practice of you know, maybe meditating. It takes time. So if you've tried being grateful and you're like, oh, it didn't work for me, you probably didn't try quite long enough. So go into the show notes and make sure you look at some of this because it really is showing you that there's some good things that could happen if you take the practice.
0: You know, Renee, it, I kind of go back to when I, when I learned and I trained to run a marathon back when I was in college. And I still use those principles today of how I approach exercise and what to do. And so there's some days I really don't want to go running because it may be like a really cold wind, you know, and there's some ice pellets coming down. And I remember one of the things, one of the mantras we said is if if it's really cold and windy, do you complain about it or do you reframe it? And do you say, Wind, come run with me? Right. And well, you repeat that over and over again. And when I'm out running, then I'm saying in my head, I'm not saying how miserable I am, right? Because that's not gonna make me run better. No. But what I do is I, I reframe it as wind, come run with me. Let's go. And so the 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 narrative in my head becomes a positive one, right? That I'm now embracing those challenges. And that's part of what we need to do sometimes is that when things are hard and tough, it's not that we we can't, you know, we can, we can just spend our time getting bogged down with them and thinking about the worst, or we can think about what are still the upsides to this. And as we think about gratitude, you know, and and the holidays and family, there's always going to be parts of our family that maybe we don't agree with, or maybe we don't like, but they're our family and we're stuck with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like to focus on the positive parts to make that happen, right? And so when I go to a family gathering, you know, certainly there's some folks I'm probably not going to migrate toward just because I know where the conversation's going to go. Right. And so, I do that on purpose, right? So, I'm, I'm going to migrate toward those family members that are going to kind of share my same mindset. You know, it doesn't mean I avoid people. It just simply means that, you know, I'm doing what's best for me and creating the energy and being around the energy that I want to be around.
1: Right. I just want to share with people my practice of gratitude, kind of how I got here, because I've been doing this now well over a decade, and it all started in politics, Way back when, when I was running for office for the first time, I'm talking now 15 years ago plus, closer to 18, long time. And did you know politics gets really negative? So I apparently lived in a bubble before I ran for office. See, I, for those that don't know me, I did not take history very seriously in high school and I never took a political science class because politics was not even on my radar. So when I was running for office, long story, we'll tell you another time. I think it's in one of the very first episodes if you want to go back and hear it. When I did it, I didn't realize how mean people could be. I don't know. I just sort of lived in this bubble. Well, it became really obvious really quick. And it was in the up, you know, at the social media became a thing. And when I was a kid, that social media wasn't the thing. So you don't know what people were saying about you or thinking about you. But in social media, it became a big deal. So for myself, I decided I was going to have to start being positive on social media. And I make myself do that. To this day, every day on social media, I post something positive, helpful, grateful, thankful. But in the month of November, I always had my month of gratitude and would make myself think of 30 things that month that I could be grateful for and talk about it, post about it. And it's now an annual tradition. I have a lot of friends that at the beginning of the month of November, we'll talk about that. Or I, sometimes it's the month of December that's coming up here for all of our listeners, where I take that month. And just think about like I've done a joyful December one time, but like think about like things I like could make me feel joyful or happy or grateful and really focus on that on social media and then challenge my friends on social media to do the same. And what that did was it changed what I saw in my feed each day because more people were doing it together. And so we were more positive and you know, that may seem corny to some people. But for me getting through that really negative season, elections, by the way, are in November. And the one that I did win my first one, the recount wasn't done till Thanksgiving. So it was right around this time that the recount was finally complete. And I won by a whopping 13 votes. So talk about stressful. So that month, trying to focus on something positive was really hard because I wasn't sure if I was going to win or lose. And so it really became sort of what I do. And so now for me, gratitude is just second nature, because I've done it for so long. But I realized the benefits of that. And so now I catch myself laughing about some of the hardest things. And some people think I'm crazy, because I'm laughing about it. But I have to turn it into something good, or I just can't take it. So how about you, Jason, when you're thinking about it, like, how does gratitude sort of play in your day in and day out life besides just at the family gatherings?
0: Yeah, well, I I was just thinking I'm on a streak of losing RFPs right now. Um, Mm. And so, you know, those are learning opportunities, right? That Mm -hmm. you don't get good at something without failing at something first. And so, you know, I I think about lots of things of, you know, how do do we talk about those things? What do we do? So you reminded me of that, Renee. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm good. I'm good at not doing things too sometimes, but it's really important how we approach that because it doesn't stop me for applying for other things. Right. or continuing forward, right Those just weren't the right fit or I didn't use the right language or I didn't present it in a way um, that happened to capture the most points on that day. yeah you know and so that's all about an attitude shift, right and and so for me it's really about that attitude of how do you how do you look at things and find the silver lining on the other side right because if everything's a growth moment, then, then we're constantly growing and evolving. And there's some days I don't want to grow. Recently, I had a Facebook <laughs> post, um, which you just reminded me of, right? I'm have been, I've been out in front of my combine because I had plugged the thing for the third time. It's a new combine I just got for this season. And there I am having to rip the thing apart, right? I'm taking pieces and parts off to try to figure out what I had done to break the machine. And on that moment, I didn't want to learn anything, right? I didn't really want to have a growth mindset. I really didn't want to see the silver lying in that because I really didn't want to get covered in dust that day um, and grease and oil and everything else. But it was an hour and I fixed it, right? And am I a better person for doing it? I took care of it myself. I didn't have to call John Deere, right? I didn't Mm -hmm. have to have a mechanic come out. I didn't have to wait a day for somebody to come out and fix it for me. I took care of it, I did it myself, right? And so there there was really a great moment at all of that. I just didn't want to do it on that day, right? But if we waited for when we wanted to do things, I'm guessing we wouldn't do much of anything because we would just spend a lot of time waiting because there's never a good time. And so I think that's the same thing with gratitude. It's like, it's not something you put off till tomorrow. Um, You know, if you're into journaling and, and you do it the way Renee does it, then you need to do it today, right? You know, you need to start thinking differently today. It's not something you want to wait for and start tomorrow. It's kind of like a diet. I'm going to start in January. January, Renee, because you've told me (laughs) the horrible statistics about what's happening over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm going to start doing something about that in January. I don't think that's very effective. Do you? (laughs) Not really, no.
1: Well, in today's Recovering Politician Self Care Policy, I'm just going to tell you a tool. It's a free tool. It's called the 5-Minute Journal. It's an app on your phone. And I use this every morning and every night. And I have now for probably a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, But what it does is it it records just what I'm thankful for every day. I get a little notification in the morning and it tells you to list three things that you're grateful for. And then it goes on to talk about what three things are you going to do today and maybe an affirmation. And then at night, it'll go back in again and say, uh, what are three things you're grateful for? And maybe what, what would you have changed about today? And so you can actually, there's a lot of research out there showing that if you think about how your day went each day and reflect on... If it went okay or something you would do different to Jason's story a while ago, what would you do different, right? That you can learn and grow from that. And so I have found that simple little app called the 5-Minute Journal, super simple, super easy. And we'll make sure we link that in the show notes. How about you, Jason? Any kind of practical tips or tools that you use to kind of stay positive in these hard times?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think accountability is number one. And so having someone that you can bounce ideas off of who can help you with that. Um, I'm not a journal person. So I will represent everyone who doesn't journal that that that's okay, too, right? There's other things you can do. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of accountability coaches, right? Align with someone who can help call you out during times that can help to support you. And so I think it's important you find balance and whatever it is that works for you, you need to find and you know, it's, it's not all about just one thing, everyone will respond differently. And so you have to find the tool or the tools that work for you.
1: That's right. So today, as we recap, we're heading into the holiday season and we realize it's not the easiest time for everybody. And so we're focusing on gratitude and kindness just to know that not everybody's looking forward to the holidays. And some of you are still in that season of obligation to get together with people that maybe you'd rather really rather not. So we're offering you some opportunities today to look at the show notes and to look at some of the data about why a gratitude practice might be helpful to you, whether you use that as a journal or just a practice that you do each day. And then next week when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the holidays, um, talk about like some of those tips and tricks to help get through them. Because as Jason mentioned, it's not just a Thanksgiving and a Christmas, but sometimes there's a whole lot of office parties between here and now. And we might need a few other tips and tricks to make it okay. So we'll see you next time. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on our episode of the Stepping In It
0: podcast. We hope that our discussions and insights have provided you with a deeper understanding of the baby rail system and the challenges it presents.
1: Remember, we're here to help you navigate the complexities that keep your shoes clean from avoiding stepping into the crap we've encountered through
0: our careers. If you have any questions or you want to recommend to us what products you use to keep your boots clean, we're open to that. And we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us at RuralPolicyPartners.com or follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more
1: thought-provoking conversations, expert interviews, and practical solutions in the episodes to come.
0: Together, we can work towards creating a more accessible and effective behavioral health system for everyone. We can do so much more by working together and talking about it.
1: Until next time, I'm Renee Schulte, the recovering politician.
0: And I'm Jason Hagelin, the Khaki Farmer. Thanks for listening to the Stepping In It podcast.